I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Welcome to today's show. My guest today is Stephen Bland. He is the owner of Bland Designs, and he's also the host of the podcast, The Idiot Quilter, on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Amanda. I'm really flattered that you want to interview me. Usually I'm on the other side of the camera interviewing other people. So nobody ever seems to want to interview me, but yeah. So here we go. I'm a little nervous about this. Don't be nervous. I know I was, when <laughs> you were interviewing me, I felt the same way. I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> but Well, I'll, I'll get over the nerves real quick. It's not a big problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just odd. Like when you're not having to like, okay, what am I, what do I want to ask? And like trying to guide the conversation. So just being on the other side, I was like, Oh, this is, yeah, well, I can talk <laughs> about anything for days. Some of it, I just make up if I don't know the answer. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way too. So it works out. <laughs> yeah. works out. <laughs> well, let's just start at the beginning. So when did you get into quilting and what got you into it? Well, it's kind of a, I guess, a little bit of an interesting story. Um, I had no desire to ever touch a sewing machine whatsoever. In fact, I was fearful of it for that matter, because I'm a bit of a klutz. And I figured if I was to use a sewing machine, there would be blood, mine, mostly all over the place. But for years and years and years, well, even since I was a kid, I've always been a creator. I've always made things. I mean, when I was young uh my grandmother taught me how to crochet and i did that for for many many years haven't done it in quite a long time now but i did that i tried to learn how to knit that didn't work out very well <laughs> i remember in grade seven or eight there was a knitting club and something and everybody was going to learn how to knit a square so we could make this afghan that was going to be donated to a charity and uh, my square was more of a triangle uh, by the time. So I kind of gave that one up. I got into macrame and candle making. I did all those for a while. Um, when I went to university, I didn't have as much time as, as because, you know, I was working on my degree and everything like that. And then after university, I discovered the wonderful world of scrapbooking. Didn't know what that was. I always associated a scrapbook with those brown manila things, you know, that you start newspapers in. And a friend of mine who at the time I had just started teaching, she was also a teacher. She invited me to her place to see her pictures from Europe. She had been to Europe in the summer and she had them all in this really nice album. And they had little stickers and things like that. And uh, of course, this is a bit biased, but I was a high school teacher. We don't do stickers. <laughs> and, uh, actually, at that time, I didn't. As time went on, I did. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I just figured this is an elementary school thing. And she says, no, this is scrapbooking. She says, do you want to go meet the lady? I said, there's a lady. She says, yeah. So she took me off to what I then learned was called creative uh, something. I can't remember what it was, but it was a, a scrapbooking, the Tupperware of scrapbooking, yeah. basically. I went to her house and $450 later, I was a scrapbooker because there were gadgets uh -huh. and I love gadgets. Yeah. So I bought them all. Uh, and of course. <laughs> I remember coming home and saying to Walter, uh, I bought something today. He says, what? Well, I bought $450 worth of scrapbooking stuff. He says, to do what? I said, to scrapbook. And so I did that for many, many years. 
Then I branched out into other paper crafts, art journaling, all that kind of stuff. Loved it. Absolutely loved it all the time. I ran several groups about art journaling and things like that. And um, then I got a Cricut Maker. Now, I already had a couple of crickets over time, but they came out with the Cricut Maker that had the rotary cutter, which I wasn't sure what that was, but it was supposed to cut fabric. And I got thinking, oh, this would be good for my journal making because that's I wasn't thinking quilting. Didn't yeah. know anything about. And so I made I, I decided I would do this, but there was a, a free design for creating this little wall hanging, which was mm -hmm. basically quilting. And um, I didn't have a sewing machine. Happy to go to Costco. 180 bucks, brother sewing machine, 50 decorative stitches. I was going to use it for paper crafting. I bought it, made this project, and discovered the world of quilting. And then I discovered there were stores in my area that specialized in quilting. And I saw, went to one store and saw this really pretty quilt, the fabric. I mean, the pretty colors. I was always a paper junkie mm -hmm. uh, for scrapbooking, but with fabric, I'm looking and I see this beautiful fabric, which I came to know as Kate Facet. Ah. And who is mesmerized by Kate Facet, right? Yeah. And I saw the quilt and I said, the lady in the store, I saw there was a kit. I said, I, I've never really quilted. Could I do that just based on the instructions? I didn't want to take a class because I figured people would laugh at me, you know, <laughs> walking with my chief old brother and kind of a deal. And she said, oh, no, you can, the instructions are really good on this. It was by Alex Anderson. I didn't know who that was at the time. It was a sampler. I made it. I loved it. I mean, I'm sure, well, when I look at it now, I still have it. Um, wonky seams, the whole bit. But I fell in love with that. Yeah. And then my sewing machine broke. <laughs> oh, of course. So I, I called up my local quilt store that was a Janome dealer and I said, hi. Um, well, first of all, I, I wanted a walking foot for my brother because that was the first thing to break. And then other things fell off, like the needle thread or I mean, it was cheap. It was a cheap oh, machine. There were yeah. two ways of it. And uh, I walked in the store. And she says, Oh, you're the guy who called looking for a walking foot for a brother. I said, Yeah. And I said, But I don't want that anymore. I said, sell me a sewing machine and a good one. She says, whoa, well, how much, what's your budget? You know, mm -hmm. she says, because I'm a man, you know, like kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. What do I know about them? Well, I didn't know anything about them, but I said, I have a, I'll go as high as $3,000. She went, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. <laughs> she says, we have a lot to choose from in that price range. What do you want to do with it? So I told her and uh, she has become a friend since. I love her store. I, I see her all the time if I'm not there at least once a week they call me are you <laughs> well <laughs> kind of a thing because I buy a lot of fabric but yeah. um sold me a nice Janome machine still have it Walter uses it my my husband he uses it to make because he got into garment sewing and oh. and I have since had several other Janomes and branched out but that's what turned me on to quilting I loved it and yeah. then of course COVID hit and so it was kind of a godsend to be able to make quilts and things like that. And uh, I just, it just blossomed from there. And I've only been doing it since, well, 2017 is when I bought my first Janome machine. So five years, basically, yeah. that I, I quilting and never look back. <laughs> I love it. In fact, I love it so much that all of my crafting supplies, most of them, I kept a few back. Mm -hmm. I gave away to my friends who were still into crafting and they thought it was Christmas. I set up my basement like a store because I need yeah. a craft room to become my sewing room. Yeah. And they went out with 
baskets, one lady without <laughs> not a lie, not even <laughs> embellished. She got brought her half ton truck with her son. They filled the back of the half ton truck <laughs> with ice. And she said, oh you know, she said, no, I'm gonna I want to pay you for this. And I says, no, but the ironic part of this is she she's a good friend, but in my crafting days, she has it still has a scrapbooking store. And I and most of that stuff she carried out of here was stuff I bought from her. <laughs> I actually worked for her for a little while too. That's oh, wow. why I all of that when I first retired, I you know, thought twiddling my thumbs, let's see what can I do. And I love scrapbooking. But yeah, so from paper crafting to quilting, and I don't think I'm going to go anywhere after quilting. There's too much in the quilting world to do, you know, that yeah. things I want to try yet. Yeah. So that's the story. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, and I think I, it's a similar story to so many people. It's like, you know, quilting's always been around, but it wasn't necessarily like in every household. So then it was like, yeah, the fads of, I was a, I was crocheting too before I quilted and paper crafts and same thing. We like went all in on scrapbooking and we have a Sizzix and a cricket, the older crickets, but, and then my grandma was all in on it. And then she got rid of a bunch of stuff and landed it all in our laps. And we were like, yeah, but same thing. It was like, we fabric's always been around for me. So I've always loved buying fabric, but I never knew about the world of like quilting cottons and, and all that until you know, yeah, like six years ago when I started quilting and my mom started quilting, she was like, look at all this fabric. I was like, what the heck? Where, what is this? Like, I could not believe yeah. my eyes. She brought home some Amy Butler and I was like, my life was changed in that moment. <laughs> I know that the effect that fabric has on you. And I, I love it when I go into the quilting store and I start buying it. I, my minimum cut on a bolt of fabric is two meters. Mm. Um, Americans two yards roughly yeah. uh meters bigger by same, three same. inches but, yeah yes yeah, but uh, <laughs> then these ladies in the store while they're while they're cutting my fabric and they're looking oh that's pretty that's nice what are you going to do with it and I go I don't know it's pretty I don't maybe know I I'll, just like it <laughs> maybe go home take it roll it out on the floor get naked and roll in it I don't know <laughs> they kind of look at me because I kind of say it as though I'm very serious about it and they don't know how to take me because they don't know me. And I just smile and carry on with it. I'm sure, they their husband say, "I met this weird guy, you know, in the store." But uh, yeah, uh, in my family, nobody. Well, my grandmother quilted, but I never remember seeing her quilt. All I have is I have one of her. I have several of her quilts actually, but she made each of her grandchildren a quilt, and uh, they were all the same design but they were all like each one had a different colorway. And she, when she got the five of them done, because there were five of us, my mm -hmm. brother and my sister, myself, and then my two cousins that are male. And uh, she couldn't decide, should she let the oldest grandchild pick first or let the only granddaughter out of the five of us pick first? Oh. Well, I'm the oldest, right? <laughs> and she had, my favorite color is blue. And one of those quilts was blue. It was beautiful. And that was the one I wanted. She decided to go with the girl. And for somehow, by the time it got to me, I ended up with the one that, I mean, they're beautiful quilts. Right. The color of this one is salmon and peaches and, uh, and browns. And I hate salmon and I hate peach and, <laughs> well, brown in limited quantities in certain things. But it was such a beautiful quilt, all hand pieced because wow. she made it in 
late 70s, very early 80s, maybe. Um, and she quilted it by hand. My grandmother's uh, stitching ability, she made everything. She did knitting, crocheting, you name it. Yeah. And she won awards always since she was a little girl for embroidery, for you know, sewing, everything like that. So it's all hand stitched. Mm -hmm. And in my first house many years ago, I had a wall it could hang on. It's a big quilt. It's a, it's a, a generous queen size. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a gorgeous quilt. And we had a, a stairwell area in the house that we lived in first and it fit there perfectly. But when I moved to the house I'm in now, which is a raised bungalow, I do not have wall space nor high enough ceilings. So mm -hmm. it sat in a cup. For years, this was way before I had the appreciation of quilting. Um, it yeah. didn't see the light of day for close to probably 25 years, 26 years. And uh, then once I got into quilting, I dug the quilt out. I still had no place to put it, but I had found my grandmother's original templates. My She had used cereal boxes and grid paper and she had drawn out her design and the design in it is uh she called it i don't saw her handwriting on the template she called it um middle east not middle east uh mosaic mosaic tiles mm -hmm. or something like that she called it mm -hmm. um it was an original pattern to her she didn't follow uh an actual pattern and uh when i found these templates i said I'm going to recreate my grandmother's quilt, but 21st century version, because yeah. I'm not going to so because oh God, no, never, uh, 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 too much blood loss. Yeah. And um, I, I also decided that I wanted to, I, she had prairie points all the way around it. And, and I, okay, this sounds bad, but to me, nothing screams old lady than prairie points <laughs> on something. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, I've done them once on a table runner and eh, not for me. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to modernize it. And mm -hmm. I did. And it's, and I did it in the colors I like too. So now I have the two quilts um, and both of them are on sort of display. They're on a guest bed and the whole bit side by side. So, because I'll never get rid of my grandmother's quilt because it was my grandmother, you know, right. who made it and everything. Just, I did a modern version on it. So that's probably one of my most special quilts in my collection the one that I did based on hers and that yeah. kind of thing but yes awesome. I never saw her quilt my mother did very little sewing she did a little bit when my sister came along made my sister clothes like I think most you know parents did in the 60s 70s mm -hmm. and she had a treadle machine that was her great-grandmother's and that's what my mother used and after my sister got to an age where really you know she wasn't making clothes for her anymore um, my mother didn't sew anymore. Oh, and wow. so I had nobody. And so I'm the, I guess the, I don't know if I'm a first generation quilter, but it definitely skipped a generation in my family. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. I don't, my grandma didn't, neither of my grandmas really quilted. They would make, yeah, like doll clothes or, you know, just certain things, but like my mom's mom never really sewed that much and she was more like knitting and kind of paper crafty kind of stuff but my dad's mom she she would like sew me dresses and matching little doll sets and that kind of thing but yeah she stopped sewing when I got old enough to that it wasn't fun to make my dresses anymore and then my mom yeah. sews and so she would you know she made some of my formal dresses 
through high school and just kind of little things here and there that I wanted. And, um, I used to take jeans, like old pairs of jeans and cut out the inseam and then fill the space with, um, like batik fabric. Cause I was obsessed with batiks in high school. And, um, so then I would make these like little denim skirts with, you know, fabric filling the gaps and it was kind of fun, but that was like the extent of it. And then well, you were yeah. customizing your outfits, right? Your yeah. High fashion of the day. Cause I, I do remember that was a fashion trend too. At one point, you know, with the other fabric in with jean fabric and that kind of thing, you paid mm-hmm. a lot of money for stuff that looked like that, you know, so, so doing it, doing it yourself, well, yeah. might've saved a little money, but the fact is you could customize it to what yeah. you like. But, you know, talking about my mother's sewing on the treadle machine, yeah. again, as I said, one of the reasons why I like to quilt is because I'm in it for the machines. Mm-hmm. And the sewing machine, my mother's treadle machine, as a little kid, I was fascinated by it, but she wouldn't let me touch it. She was oh. afraid that I was going to, you know, either wreck it or get my hands caught under the needle or something like that. And when my mother went into a nursing home and we were cleaning out the house and everything like that, that treadle machine had a broken leg. It had a cast iron base to it. You know, it was sure. about in about 1904 or something like that. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a singer. I kicked myself. I gave it to a junk dealer as I didn't have any desire. My sister didn't want it. She yeah. didn't. sew. She didn't want it. nobody in my family wanted it, had a broken leg. You know, I could have probably gotten that fixed. Do I kick myself today? Oh, you better believe I kicked myself today over that. Um, uh, but at the time I know the difference, you know? Right. So, yeah. And that's yeah. the, I think that's the thing too, is if you don't know, you don't know. And like, especially if she didn't really like, cause you know, from what you said, it didn't, doesn't sound like yeah. she was like your grandma at least was like, Oh, come look at this thing I'm doing. Like you didn't see it happening. It was something she did no. for herself essentially. But like, so when it's not kind of given to you as like, this is important to our family. It's kind of like, yeah, what, why would we keep this? And my mom has her grandma's treadle machine and it's in our studio. It's like what we keep our bobbin winder on and like <laughs> it's underneath our, yeah. our, you know, wall of threads and it's present. It's, you know, nobody's going to use it, but it definitely will be kept in the family because we all know how special that is to our mom. So like, but it's like, unless that's communicated, how are you supposed to know? <laughs> yeah, see, my, my mother didn't seem to really care that much about that machine. It was there. She used it when she had to. She didn't want to spend money on a new sewing machine because she didn't use them that much. Yeah. She learned on that machine the basics because mm-hmm. that's all my mother did. She was just a basic sewer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where it is. And, you know, and, and now... If I had that machine, I probably wouldn't really sew on it, but I would have it as a decoration because of the memories, because it belonged to my great grandmother who, you know, passed away when I was, you know, really too young to understand the whole importance of generations and families and things like that. Sure. So, yeah, it's long gone. I have a feeling the guy who took it, the junk dealer. He knew the value of that and he probably sold it to somebody who also knew the value of it, which is too bad. It's a piece of my family history that's gone forever. Yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. it's just, it's a bummer when you have those realizations though. Cause you're like, oh yeah. my God, what did I do? <laughs> but yeah. you know, 
but that's that's what happens with a lot of things right yeah. so and, you know you, you don't dwell on it you just move yeah. on you know right but, well and, and you can't take it with you when you pass either so it's kind of like you know, what do you do with it yeah I, it's like that's my fabric where's my fabric going to go when i go because nobody in my family is interested in yeah it. even to give them a quilt my sister she was redoing her bedroom and i said you know you want me to make you a quilt mm-hmm. for the bed no <gasps> not, not my style okay fine she says <laughs> yeah i like what you make but she says it's just not me although she did have me do a table runner but for her table because she redid her living room and she bought new furniture and oh my god miss matchy 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 she had to have a table runner in exactly the same shade and it was a weird shade of sort of a green actually very pretty but Mm -hmm. this greeny bluey colors in it i went all over the place looking for fabric for it and i i found i probably had 10 different fabrics that i thought might work and i showed them to her and nope none of those were good (laughs) I finally did find one that did work. And it was like, okay, glad I didn't make you a quilt. I made one for her children, my nephew and my niece. um, And they use them. Uh, They seem to like them. But my sister, no, no, don't worship. Don't don't waste your time on it. I'm really not. Okay. Well, yeah, at least she's honest. Like, because there's nothing worse than like making somebody a quilt and being so excited to give it to them and them being like, cool and then they stick it in a cabinet you're like what are you doing i made that for you you have to find people who are quilt worthy (laughs) that's what i say you know some people just aren't they they have no concept they don't care and that's fine you know i'd rather like you said i'd rather know up front that this is not something that's gonna you know give you excitement and joy here and so i won't waste my time on it was like when I used to craft and make cards and stuff I only gave cards to people I knew who'd appreciate it what went into making it other people got a dollar for a card you know because you know where it was going to go right oh that's nice garbage about a week later so you know so yeah yeah, you got to find the people that are worthy of the quilts (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is for sure so you were talking about recreating your grandma's quilt and that's like your most special project so is that like um was it hard, like, was it hard to modernize that? Or is there another project you can think of that was like super tricky for you that really well, pushed your skills? <laughs> Most of the things that I do are super tricky because, you know, I, I get a new technique or a, a, something I see that I've never done before. I try it and they go, okay, I've done that. Let's move on. It's like the latest quilt that I'm just finishing up now is, is a lot of it is applique. And I was afraid of applique, but my my theory is nothing ventured, nothing gained, mm-hmm. you know, try it. What's the worst thing that can happen? It, it turns out crappy, big deal, move on to the next project. It's just fabric and thread is the, what's his name? Quilting Marine always says, you know, mm-hmm. about stuff. So um, I did take a class, an online class for this particular quilt. It was a block of the month, purposely because it had a lot of raw edge applique in it. And oh. I discovered that actually I kind of like doing applique. It isn't as scary as I thought. And I mean, time consuming, yes. But, you know, it's not a race uh, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but I've done, I did, uh, what do they call them? Um, they have different names, a kaleidoscope quilt or a one block wonder or something like that. You know, oh, where you have about yep. 
six of the same print, seven of the same print, and you lay them on top of each other and cut them up and put them back together. Well, that was maddening. Um, oh. I did it. Turned out really nice. It's a one-off. I won't do that technique again. I just found it tedious yeah. uh, with it. So it was okay. It turned out fine, but no. But that's the kind of things I do. So when I did my grandmother's quilt over, it was uh, it was basically made up of drunkard's path. Um, okay shapes but the way she had laid them out made it look more like a, sort of a middle eastern mosaic kind mm -hmm. of uh design and i thought there's got to be an easier way than doing all these drunkards paths because at that point i had not really done a drunkards path mm -hmm. and you know sewing of the curves i have done them since and it's no big deal now but at that time i didn't so i told you before i love machines mm -hmm. so i'm looking at technology and i'm thinking okay i have at that time i had a, a genomi combination embroidery sewing machine it was a fifteen thousand, um and uh very sophisticated and i thought well what if no sorry i i had a an attachment that you put on and it'll sew in a circle so if you want oh. a decorative stitch, it'll go in a circle because it's got this little spindle and you put the fabric on it and it's like a record on a record. Ah. You're probably record, no. <laughs> you know, kind of around and it works really well. So I thought, well, what if I take a square of fabric mm -hmm. big enough that if I cut it into quarters, it would be the size of each drunkard pass square in this quilt, but put another piece of fabric on top of the square in the center, do a satin stitch using this circular sewing thing all the way around. So the edges are not raw. And mm -hmm. then I cut it orders what do i have i have a drunkard's path and that's, and that's how i made the quilt <sighs> and it was faster not no frustration yeah no chance that the that i'd have uh fraying on any of the pieces or anything because they were all satin stitched in and it worked brilliantly wow so so i so i said my version is the 21st century technology version version of making a a, a her quilt so yeah, that's so that's cool. That's the reason why I'm proud of it because of I thought I was being very innovative, but it, that, that is that is so cool. Well, and I like that's what makes I think all the tools we have available to us so cool is that you can take something that used to take people months and months to put together and bring it together in a breeze and like not to take away from the hard work that went into it, but it's like, no, look how cool our brains are that we created a way to make that so much easier and curves are a bitch. And so well, I, <laughs> I, I love that you went like that work harder, not work. No, sorry. I say that backwards work smarter, not harder. Concept. Yeah. Well, you know, too, with curves, like for a drunkard's path, another thing that I don't think this is revolutionary, but to me it was. Um, the next time I did a, a quilt that involved Drunkard's Path, by then I had um, an Accu quilt, a mm -hmm. die cutting machine. Again, another one of those toys. You know, I love mm -hmm. my toys. And mm -hmm. I had the templates or the dies to cut out the Drunkard's Path. But you still, even though they put little notches on it, you know, you don't always get them perfect. And I'm thinking, well, wait. Why not apply the theory I use on half square triangles where you make them bigger than you need, then trim them down? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't do that with the drunkard's path. I just make it a little bit bigger. And then if I don't quite get the edges to line up, I'm going to trim it down. They'll be perfect. That's what I did. Nice. And it took the worry of 
not being absolutely perfect because, you know, I call myself the idiot quilter because I make so many bloody mistakes, but I want to show people how, yeah, I did this. I did it wrong. I had sure. this problem, but this is how I solved the problem. And I thought other people might be interested, you know, in, in that too, because you see videos all the time on YouTube and it's perfect. You mm -hmm. never see their mistakes and you know, damn well, right. They're making mistakes. They're just not <laughs> up to it. Well, I owe up to, it. I go, well, I'm an idiot. And yeah. That's what I do. But, you know, yeah. talking about technology too, and using it for the modern way to quilt. I hate it when people tell, like I have a long arm as mm -hmm. well. And I have the computerized program on my long arm. And I purposely, when I bought the long arm just a little over a year ago, I knew I was going to buy the computerized part as well, because I knew I would never have the patience to learn how to do free motion quilting with my long arm. I mean, I've tried free motion quilting and I just suck at it because I'm too impatient. I, mm -hmm. I don't like practice. I like to just get in there and go. So, mm -hmm. and because I'm interested in computer technology, always have been, this appealed to me and people say, well, you're cheating. I go, no, 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 I, no you're not. It, don't you? So when you wash your laundry, do you go out to the riverbank and bang it against a rock? Do you, <laughs> oh, you use the washing machine. Well, you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I think if we ignore, like we know where we came from and we know how we got here. And that's the important part. We know, we know the struggles that, that people went through. And if people want to go back to that and they want to hand quilt or they want to free motion quilt everything, that's amazing. That's beautiful for them. But yeah. we have this technology that allows us to do it in a different way and a more consistent way. And like, yes, same thing. We were, my mom and I, when we were buying our machine, we were like, there's no way we're going to do this like freehand we're we're going to get the computer and that consistency means everything especially for us as a business but like even if you just want it for yourself like that's not cheating you're still does you're still deciding what your quilt looks like right. you're still putting the design on there if and even if you set up custom work on your computer because you can do that in quilt path it's still custom work because you're still designing it that's you can, right. right so you play to your strengths yeah you know Really, um, you know, if you enjoy hand quilting, you know, hand piecing and that, go for it. Yeah. If that brings you joy, go for it. It doesn't bring me joy; it brings me pain. But the <laughs> computer brings me joy most times. My my Lucy, I call my mine's an APQS and it's the Lucy, and of course, so I call her Lucy. Sometimes we have words. Yes. We had words last week actually, but I figured that one out too. So we got thing. But yeah, but yeah, you played your strengths. You know, life's too short to be frustrated <laughs> all yeah, the time. Exactly. So what led you to getting a Lucy? Well, um, here in my area where I live, I have an APQS dealer very close to me. And she is a brilliant um, free motion quilter. Um, she teaches. She's a certified, not only a certified uh, representative of APQS, but she's also a certified technician. She's oh, wow. taken all the courses. So I knew if I'm getting a long arm and I looked at other ones, I looked at Handy Quilter, I looked at Janome's brand, um, I looked at Gamel and I looked at um, uh, this one, the APQS at mm -hmm. shows. But since she was the closest, we didn't have a Gamel dealer in the area. We didn't have, and they're expensive. They're the Cadillac of, of uh, well, only in the price. I don't necessarily think a Gamel is better than any other uh, one, but you pay the price for it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and you know whatever whatever floats your boat i tried out ones at shows to see how they felt i mm-hmm. like the feel of the apqs this we just clicked it just moved very nicely went to the dealer i actually was taking my quilts to her but i was renting time mm-hmm. on the machines to do the quilting using a pantograph i wasn't using a computer i was using the paper pantographs yeah at the and you had to take a little small course before you could use the machine, of course, so you, you know, didn't screw up things. Mm-hmm. And I took some more courses with her as well in ruler foot quilting and stuff like that. Um, haven't done much of that. Uh, but, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I, I knew I, I wanted a long arm. I mean, when I first got into quilting and heard about long arms and saw them, I went, yeah, I want one of those someday. <laughs> but price and space. OK, mm-hmm. first of all, the price. Well, you know. Uh, 22 like I'm talking Canadian dollars now for mm-hmm. the Lucy that I bought and it was on special they had a big sale I got a lot of extra upgrades for the price it was about 22 $23,000 and then later about six months later I invested in the quilt path and that was another 13,500 Canadian mm-hmm. dollars so I'm talking here about a $40,000 system I could have had a kind of nice car for that but <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't quilt in a car. No. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, so anyways, that I went back to her, the, Tracy's her name at Whirls and Swirls. And um, yeah, she set me up with it in the whole bit. And uh, I remember it arriving. Transport trailer on my street. It comes up seven boxes, 700 pounds <laughs> in total. And this guy that drove the truck young guy uh hello i'm an old man okay mm-hmm. uh you need to help the old man he didn't walter and i managed to get her all into the house and then four and a half hours later we got it all assembled <laughs> with it as well <laughs> before that when we decided it was my husband's idea to buy it he oh. said yeah he said well you know we like to travel and we have traveled the world. And wow. when COVID hit, we hadn't been able to do that. And we were saving a lot of money by not traveling. And he said, why don't we, because we don't know where we're going to be traveling next. He said, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, middle of COVID and everything like that. He says, let's buy the long arm. Let's buy it. He, he knew all the sales. He knew everything because that's what he does. He researches. He knows mm-hmm. your name about everything about them. So I said, seriously? He said, yeah. I said, okay, where are we going to put it? Well, (laughs) that was a bit of a problem because I said, we live in a raised bungalow. Our downstairs where I'm sitting right now, you can't see it because I got a backdrop, but Mm -hmm. this is my sewing room. And uh, we have a rec room down here. It's our entertainment room and all that kind of stuff. And there was a spot in there where we could put it up. But, you know, first thing anybody walked into the house and came into the rec room, where we do most of our entertaining, they'd run into the long arm, you know, and they're not a pretty machine. They're big no. industrial thing, right? And yeah. I said, eh, uh, it would fit there, but no, I don't think so. And then he said the magic words. We have a workshop. Uh, he has a workshop. And oh. it's usually more of a less a cluttered place of junk because, uh-huh. you know, he's not the most organized with his tools and everything like that. There's yeah. an old tape saw that was 60 years old sitting in there. And I used to sew in the same room. I had a little corner. That's oh why I started gosh. called the dungeon. <laughs> but I'd moved out of there since when I got rid of my crafting stuff, right? Yeah. And 
he'd already taken measurements. And he said, well, if I get rid of the table saw, he says, and I clean this up, move this over here and that, we could get one in here. And I went, you're serious? We're like, I love you. <laughs> yeah, because when he says that, that means, yes, we're getting it. And, yeah, the rest was history. Uh, and now he just bitches at me all the time. He says, you know, you should have got the bigger. I got a, a 10 foot. Oh. And he said, you could have got a 12 foot. I said, there wouldn't have been room in here to get around it. Yes, there is. And I huh. said, oh, no, you have to push your belly up against your workbench to do anything there. And I'd hear about that. No, it could have fit in here. We could have. I said, this is fine. It'll do a queen size. Mm -hmm. If And I, I have never made a king. And I said, if I make something bigger than a queen size, I'll just go down to Tracy's and rent time and do it on her machine. You know, I'll yeah. do it on her monthly, uh, kind of a thing yeah. instead. So, yeah. So that's why we have a long arm now. And I do not regret a cent on it. I love my long arm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I love ours too. Like it's the best thing. It was the best decision. I, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. When we were deciding to buy ours. It was just like, same thing. We had gone to a show, tried a bunch of different ones. We had learned on the APQS. We were renting time just like you. And it was just like, okay, this is our, this is our dream machine. This is what we want. And so like you, we bought all the bells and whistles and we went with the Millie 30. Yeah. So we can do big, big boys, yeah. but it, yeah, it was seriously worth it. And, and anybody I've talked to that's like, well, I used to have a long arm and then I sold it and now I regret it. I'm like, you shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have gotten rid of it. Well, you know, too, and I'm sure, well, with in your case, you're a business, but I, I find that when you, someone finds out you've bought a long arm, they go, oh, um, are you going to start a business? No. Are you going to quilt for other people for money? No. Oh, Why? I said, because I don't want to quilt for anybody else. I said, I'm not running a business. That's going to take all the fun out of it for me. Plus, I am not a confident enough of a quilter. Like, uh, I'm okay with the, the computer now. But at the time, when I first got it, I said, I would be afraid of wrecking somebody's quilt. Mm -hmm. And if it's my quilt, that's okay. Okay, I, I will live with that. But I couldn't do that for somebody else, especially if someone was paying me money for it. Right. And I said, the thing is... When people are paying for these things, and I'm sure you have found this, they always like to make alterations and substitutions after you're about three quarters of the way through your, your job. Like, oh, I don't know if I like that color or thread or, oh, I'm not sure now about that design. Oh, well, too bad. It's too late. Suck it up. Oh. <laughs> That's what you mean. You know, like I don't, wouldn't have good customer relations. I would just be telling too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thing. and. So, there is a point where you have to say like, once this is started, like you gotta be solid yeah. in your decisions because once I start this, I'm not taking it out unless I mess it up in some way. Like yeah. if you've chosen the pantograph and you've chosen the thread color and I let you know, I'm starting your quilt now. Uh, yeah. That's it. Like you have no more time to change your mind. And so most people are totally fine with it. And there have been a few times very very sparingly the where we've had to like fix something but yeah it's like commit or get out no <laughs> yeah and the and, other thing i like about a long arm too is i don't have to get down on my hands and knees on the floor to baste my quilt anymore yes. because you can get down but getting back up isn't so easy these days so, <laughs> so no I, I just that's almost worth the price of a long arm in itself right it's you're saving so your body like yeah 
Oh, it's, it's so nice. And yeah, like I've been teaching some, some of the long arming certification classes on the, on the APQS machines, uh, a local quilt shop and, um, you know, people come in, okay, do I, do I need to have all my stuff like basted and pinned? I'm like, no, 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 no. You bring your sandwich loose. Like, yep. I, yeah, you know, sure. and so once they see how it goes on the machine, they're like, oh, because it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around, like how to get it on there and how, like why you're not basting everything t- together. And anyway, but yeah. that's so cool that you have well, somebody you- so close. Yeah. And she, like I needed her this weekend. I, that quilt I was telling you about with the applique on it, mm-hmm. I found a design that I really want to use on it. It's curvy feathers. It looks mm. great. And I want to use variegated thread because there's a lot of colors in this quilt. Uh, it's it's all batiks and it's, oh, wow. it's a gorgeous quilt, um, if I do say so myself, but it, it is. And um, I have this variegated thread and I started using it. It was fantastical by su- uh, Superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's supposed to be a really good thread and it kept breaking, oh. kept breaking. Now, luckily, I was trying it on a practice sandwich that I didn't have to worry about, oh, but I couldn't figure out. So I did everything. I rethreaded the machine. I changed the needle. Then I started playing in the never, never land of tension. And I hadn't played in tension before. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about tension and how to set it now. So, but I could not get it to stop breaking. So I went down and saw Tracy on Saturday and I said to her, I have a problem. And I said, I don't know me. You've got some suggestions because I've tried everything that I can find. Mm-hmm. I said, this is the thread I bought and I bought it from her. And I said, keeps breaking. She looked at the spool of thread. It was under 30 seconds. She said, there's something wrong with that spool. And I'm like, no, there's no one. <laughs> she says, yeah, there is. look down here on the bottom and look, that winding doesn't look right. She said, and we went through another couple of things too, but I tried all this. She says, I'm going to give you another spool of that thread. We'll unwrap it, check it. And if it looks right, she says, you take that home and you try it and see what happens. It was the spool. I put the other one on the whole bit. Beautiful. I did several zones of, of that pattern through to make sure I had one thread break. And that was me not anything else yeah uh that was happening there and beautiful now i have now taken another quilt that i made which is just a scrappy quilt and i did the whole quilt yesterday not one thread break it stitched up beautifully and and that was all it was was that thread had not been at the manufacturer had not wound it on but i had spent two bloody days pulling my hair out Having yeah. words with Lucy. Uh, <laughs> Walter stays away because I start to, the F bombs are everywhere mm. when I'm yeah. doing that, you know? And he <laughs> knows it's not going well because he came downstairs and said, Are you having a problem? I would probably be forcing his head under the needle, going, No, not much now. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Oh my gosh. Keeps his distance <laughs> at that point. But now, yep, it was as simple as that. So wow. that's what I mean. Having a dealer who knows their stuff mm-hmm. is I think that you know when you're investigating buying a long arm that's really important you don't want to have to go half day's journey yeah. to you know problems uh shoot your your machine yeah no that's for sure and it's 
because you do, you can get in little pickles and you're like, none, I'm doing all the things. Nothing is, nothing makes sense right now. And yeah, just having someone nearby or somebody you can at least call that, you know, can help you is so nice. And yeah, there's been plenty of times where I'm just like, I'm when, when, when Millie is acting up, she gets, we start calling her Mildred. So, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, a more polite what I call Lucy. <laughs> well, you know, it's mixed with some more colorful yeah. language, but yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so it's it's that same thing where it's like you want to be frustrated and you're like, okay, this is just a machine and I'm a person. I'm making the decisions. Like I need to look at what I'm doing and step back and say, okay, what possibly could it be? And that's usually when I'm like, oh, I didn't put this clamp down or, oh, I forgot to turn the stitch regulator back on or, you know, just some stupid thing. Stupid little thing, but you know, it's the stupid little things that screw you up. But you know, that's, you said like, you should just, you know, realize that it's a stupid machine. (laughs) It can't think, Yeah. you know, kind of thing. So, and I find too, even when you're doing your regular sewing and that on your regular machine, you will have a day when everything you sew comes out not the way it should. Mm-hmm. And you get so frustrated. I find at those points in time, it's a good thing. Just walk away from the machine, have a coffee, watch mm-hmm. a YouTube video, or do something else, and then mm-hmm. come back and you'll be fine with yeah. it. Because I don't know about other people, but when I get frustrated with something and keep pushing myself, I just make even more mistakes. And it's just you know, I get really uptight about it and I want to kill something yeah. in there. We don't have any small animals in this. No, I would never do that. I love <laughs> it. We had a cat, but she finally passed away. I, I didn't kill her. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. It was old age. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Okay. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. so what else do you want to know? I want to know so many things. Okay. Um, are you part of a guild? Oh, got a story there. Okay. Oh, good. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. When I first got into quilting, after I'd been doing it for mm, probably six months or so, I joined the local guild. Now, this was a big guild. There was a hundred women and me. Okay. So right off the bat, you know, you walk into a place, first time I walked in, it was like someone, like those old Western movies where, you know, you walk in, they walk into a bar, everybody stops what they're doing, you hear the piano player stop playing, and everybody stares at you reaching for a gun. Okay, kind of the same thing. Hi, ladies. And then it was, you know where you are? Yes, I do know where I am. I'm at the hill. Oh, do you quilt? No. I just thought I'd drop in to bug you. No, yeah, yes, I, 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 well, I'm trying to and everything like that. Well, then they did start to warm up and that was fine. But after a few months or after a year, I think it was, um, they, of course, elections were coming up, new slate of officers for the executive. So I got volun, uh, what do they call that? Volun, not volunteered, but, you know, volun. Volunteered. That's it. That's the term I want. I got volunteered. You need a secretary. You're it. And I went, well, okay. And of course, you see, I I used to be, I'm a retired English teacher. So I guess they figured I could write and read. Mm -hmm. So that would be a prerequisite. I don't know. (laughs) So fine. I thought, well, I want to be more involved in the guild, you know, on another level or whatever. So I thought, sure, I will do this. And it's a two-year term uh, for that kind of thing. And that's fine. Oh, 
my God. <laughs> Worst years of my life. Oh, those women on, and I'm sorry if this sounds sexist and, and things like that. I don't mean it to sell sexist, sound sexist. This was re- what really happened. They were bitches. Mm. It's just, it's, <laughs> they thought they could make demands on me like they would with their husband or somebody like that. I had to keep reminding them, I'm not married to any of you. I yeah. don't do the honeydew list. I will do what, like they wanted me to do ridiculous things that had nothing to do with being the secretary. They Because mm. they just didn't want to that or whatever and at first I kind of I want to be nice you know and everything didn't want to rock the boat so I did a few of those things but after a while I went no mm-hmm. and so long story short I quit I quit the guild because they were just nasty and the, what really did it was they had a retreat and I went on this retreat I was the only man and um I was treated like I had invaded their boudoir while they were all trying on lingerie or something and to the point where no this is kind of funny mm-hmm. but kind of not mm-hmm. um they had unisex bathrooms the place we we're in right well of course there's two bathrooms if it had been a mixed crowd one would have been men's one would have been ladies but of course you know it was all ladies i made the joke one day at the retreat i said okay ladies just want you to know I put the seat down. If that seat was up, one of you has a secret <laughs> going on here. You know, because that's my sense of humor. And they laugh and that. Yeah. But then the executive members walked up to me. She was the vice president or whatever. She says, Oh, I'm I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because she says, I didn't know how to bring really bring that up to you. And I thought, well, wait. What do you do at home? Do you have kids, boys, whatever? I mean, is it really a big deal? I mean, everybody makes a joke about that, but is it really a big deal if the seat's up, put it down or whatever? I don't know, but it was the way she said it, it was almost reverse sexism, if yeah. that's such a thing. Sure. And there were some other things like that. And yeah. I did not enjoy my time. I felt like I was being constantly picked on oh and they would come over and they want me to lift this or tote this here and there and going uh i'm in my 60s yes i am a man but that doesn't mean you know like i'm sorry you have a back problem how'd you get your stuff here in the first place right yeah you're like it was enough and there was other things too that i won't go into but i decided you know i'm not this isn't bringing me joy yeah Yeah, I'm too old to waste my time not being happy on this. So I quit. And I do not uh, regret quitting it whatsoever. Um, And also they got really uptight with me because I decided to run I was my YouTube channel not I decided Mm -hmm. to run a free one day zoom quilting retreat on zoom. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I put it out there and I thought at that time I was still part of the guild. I put out an invitation to the guild members because I was secretary. So I had everybody's email address, the mailing list Mm -hmm. and put it out and said, I'm going to run this on such and such a date. It's all day thing. It's free. If you want to join in, I said, I'm putting it out to my subscribers on my YouTube channel as well. But, you know, I thought I'd let you guys know about it as well because you might be interested. And I had, you know, several that were. Well, the person who was the president of it turned around and said I had no right to put that out, that I was doing it to promote my channel and make money. 
I wasn't charged anything for it. There was You're no like, money. It's free. <laughs> yep. And this was, I had to, oh, it made demands on me. They had a list of things. Like, it's almost like they were going to sue me in court for this. And I thought, oh, okay. And that, I guess that's really what the final thing was. I went, fine. Yeah. And quit. Yeah. So bad taste in my mouth, uh, yeah. you know, and, um, and I much prefer Zoom anyways <laughs> for doing right. things. And I do a lot of these kind of things on, on Zoom now. I have craft and chat days once a month. I have pop-up so days and I'm running another, I, I think it's my fourth retreat. I run them twice a year, three, and I'm already filled up for May the 6th on that. That's awesome. And, yeah. And I enjoy that. I enjoy doing that kind of thing. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah. so my experience with guilds, not good. Not to say that all guilds are like that or anything, sure. but this particular one, and then I found out later that there's some other ladies in the community I run into in the quilt stores and that. And if they get talking about guilds or oh, they don't have a lot to say, that's nice about this particular guild. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, because they have a reputation for being a batch of bitches. <laughs> that's so unfortunate. Cause I think like, and that's literally why I named my show what I did because it's that mentality. You don't have to be an old lady, but that mentality of like, just like, no, this is not how we want our world to be. Like, just because you're a man doesn't mean that you should have to lift and carry all their things. Like, and like you said, you, you might not be as able-bodied as some of them might be. And they're just assuming that because you're a male that you are, it's like, that's perpetuating shitty stereotypes and like that you, that they, you know, scratch the record. And when you walked in the door, it's like, no, this needs to be an inclusive space like that alone. I would have been like, I'm not going back. <laughs> You know, just because, and it wasn't just the fact that they wanted me to carry things, but they were right. hovering over me, waiting for me to make a mistake. Or you know, they're right. always filled with lots of advice. And I, I watched your interview with Amanda Bowery mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, and I think you guys were discussing that too. With the, the, quite frankly, I mean, some people take offense to this term, but the old biddies who yeah. know everything, and you aren't doing it right, mm -hmm. and you to do it this way and excuse me who died and left you the quilt police you know kind of right. a thing um yeah. i just resent that. now not everybody is like that in no. a guild there were some very lovely people in this guild but the ones that were not so lovely they really you know rose to the top right it. and other ladies were afraid of them too mm -hmm. you could see it in their eyes you know and it wow yeah. You know, so they weren't just going, they weren't just being a bitch to me. They yeah. were being a bitch to some of the other ladies too, which, you know, yeah. I didn't yeah. think there was any need for that, you know. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's like there might be some really nice people, but when the the ones who aren't nice are so much louder than than the people who yeah. are, that's when it's it becomes a problem. Way. Yeah. That's just so unfortunate. And I think like you know, fortunately, there are so many of us out there who want to better the community. And so we're finding ways to, to change, yeah. to change that. And, and by talking about it and bringing it to light, you know, people aren't going to like that because they feel called out. Well, if you feel called out, then you're welcome. Like go look in a mirror for two minutes, try to yeah. understand why that hurt your feelings. And then maybe we can move, get somewhere with this, but like, you know, yeah, it's, it, you know, you want it. 
we're, we're all there doing the same kind of thing. We all have share a common interest, a common love uh, kind of a thing. It is not a competition. Yes, there's going to be some people at a skill level way up here above yours, and there'll be some people who are just starting out, and there's everybody in between. Yeah. And, you know, usually I find most quilters are very supportive individuals willing to share their ideas, um, you know, their inspiration and help you out if you need help and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, just as we said, it's only a minority, but that minority is a very vocal and loud minority. And that can change the feel of a, of a guild. Mm -hmm. It doesn't become welcoming, you know, right. it's a social thing. It, it should be welcoming to yeah. people. So I find on the Zoom, I don't have any of that kind of thing. Everybody that uh, joins me for those kind of things are there to have a good time, get something done. And if someone has a problem, then other people will suddenly, you know, here you go. This is what I, I did that once. And I tried this, and this worked for me and this worked, you know, yeah. and you can pick and choose, you know, what yeah. technique or style or whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that, you know, that is what most people run into is the overwhelming generosity and kindness of the majority of the community. Because I do say that too, like I've never met some more generous and kind people than I have in the, in the quilting world. Yeah. Yeah. But just like in any circle, there are the, the, you know, yeah, there's the ones, yeah. The trolls it, it in the corner. That's the way yeah. it works, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if, if something's not, as that whatever her name is that does the decorating stuff or the de decluttering you know if it doesn't oh. bring you joy move on right you know thing. you don't yeah. need the frustration with that no exactly and and i think that's ultimately it too like don't don't force something that isn't making you happy you don't have to and and I think yeah. that does kind of come with that mentality too, of like, well, I had to suffer. So my life has to be about suffering and you should have to suffer too. It's like, no, no, no. And again, no. it's that whole concept. Like, should we go back to being cavemen then? Like, should we go back to, you know, strip away all the advancements and the, the pro right. the progress we've made as human beings so that we can just be back smashing animals and be yeah. starving for weeks at a time. And, you know, it's yeah. like, if we lose if we let go of all of that, then we don't have anything, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. anyway, there's, soapbox, enough, but. there's enough negativism in our world today that if you find something that puts you in a positive string, go for it. Don't yep. bring negativity back into it because we've got enough. We've got enough to right. deal with. Right. Right. And it's not to discount anybody's, you know, hardships or life experiences that they've had that have been hard because we all have that, but it's that sense of, you know, I'm alone in this and that, you know, so I'm going to make everybody else. It's like, no, 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 yeah. no. It doesn't have to be that way. Like you can have that and be nice to people. <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, sometimes it is kind of hard, but yeah. you know, think about it and, yeah. and move along, you know, I mean, yeah. worst case scenario, someone's really bugging the heck out of you, then re relocate. <laughs> right somehow get out of that without you know like excuse yourself from that environment yeah. and uh kind of a thing and get it back into a space that is you know much more conducive to your happiness <laughs> yes yeah exactly so back to your 
rewinding back to your retreats. So you said you're all full for May 6th so, and you do them twice a year. So are you having another one later this year? There'll be one in the fall. I don't know what the date is. Usually I run those about the, in the early part of October. Okay. Uh, with them. They're only one day. They're just a Saturday. They usually run from eight in the morning till about five in the afternoon. Um, it's uh, I usually have guest speakers. Um, I have three guest speakers lined up uh, right now. And these are people, these are not big, huge names, but they're names that people might know because they're usually people with YouTube channels mm -hmm. that I've probably interviewed. That's how I found out about them or whatever. Uh, for this one in the spring on May the 6th, which is a little later, usually I run the the uh, spring one in about the first part of April, end of March. But because I'm going to Vancouver in another few weeks for a couple of weeks and that and other circumstances, it's coming a little later. But sure. um, the I have, I have Stephanie from Stephanie Stitches. Mm -hmm. I have uh, Sean from The Guy Who Sews. And I have Russ from Quilt Meets World. And they are each talking about uh, different aspects. Um, I think Stephanie's going to talk about uh, judging quilts. Sean's going to talk about from the point of view of entering. He's entered several quilts in state fairs and then he's won some prizes. So he's going to talk about you know, how you prepare for something like that, what he learned from doing this kind of thing. And Russ is going to talk about, he just acquired, uh, he just got a secondhand long arm. He's new to long arming. Um, and he's going to talk about the trials and tribulations of being somebody who just, what he didn't know before mm -hmm. he got armed. And those presentations usually run only about 45 minutes at the most. I don't want to take up the whole day with guest speakers sort of a break mm -hmm. uh, in different parts. We have prizes. I, I do give prizes um, as mm. well, uh, random draws for that. Um, and sometimes there's um, maybe a game or two. I don't really get into a lot of games. I've tried that in the past and I, it just, there's so much going on during that day between everybody's discussion. Oh yeah, there's a slideshow of people send me one quilt that mm -hmm. or one creation because i do have people that aren't quilters uh not many but i have a few that are crafters they're welcome too mm -hmm. on this and makers are welcome crocheters are anybody that's creative anybody that considers themselves a creative are welcome at this um so we have a slideshow of favorite creations uh very short and then we do something i call victim sharing where oh. i just <laughs> a random person at one point go okay what are you working on Ah. show us now you don't have the choice to say i i decline i i don't i'm not comfortable with doing that sure. but usually most people are it's just like for a couple of minutes they just show well i'm working on this blah 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 yeah and, and everybody has discussion as they're working as normally do like a regular retreat and, and everything so it's just a very pleasant time to work on whatever you want to work on and I do have the night before on the Friday night, um, I host a icebreaker cocktail party, I call it. Uh, so it's seven o'clock on the Friday night, my time, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, people get together on the Zoom that want to. And, uh, you know, you can meet some of the other people that are going to be on the retreat. And we bring our favorite bevy, whatever that might be. And if they want to show something um, as well, a little impromptu uh trunk show or whatever they can show us something and we just talk and i do play a couple little games uh, icebreaker games on mm -hmm. there as well it's just get people in the mood for yeah. it and, uh, 
I don't, I have a good time at it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm drinking, but, um, <laughs> you know, Oh, what's that? Another half bottle of wine? Sure, not a problem. Uh, <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that so I've run it. Um, this will be the fourth one I think that I've had since I started them. And this one I sold well, sold out. It's free, but sure. I do ask people to register for it. And I was able to handle 93 spots. Um, and they went within two weeks. And oh, now wow. I have a I have a waiting list started up. So if some people have to drop out because life happens, um, I'll take somebody from, you know, top of the wait list and drop them in. And yeah. Let them know that they're, they can come to it now. I wish I could have open it up to more people, but you know how Zoom licenses work, right? My yeah. license only allows me a hundred spots and I reserve spots for the speakers mm -hmm. and I run three different computers when I do this, yeah. but all around, like I, I don't do any sewing. I'm busy managing this and managing that which I yeah. kind of like I yeah. like doing that you know it's the technology kind of mm -hmm. thing and then uh Walter's co-moderator as well or co-host so he'll be sitting up in his sewing room connected to zoom too and watching for anything that I need to know or troubleshooting anything as well so yeah it's there's a lot in the behind the scenes that goes yeah. into it but it's it's meant for people to have a good time yeah so that's awesome yeah. How fun. Well, that's so cool that you found a way to, to provide that for people and, you know, that you found that you enjoy it. Cause I think, I think people do enjoy that because maybe they don't necessarily have a cool community where they're at. And, and if they can find that online, that's why I love, again, that technology aspect, like I couldn't do this without it. And, and yeah. just being able to meet other quilters and get in, inspiration and hang out and, that's so fun. Well, I think that's one of the silver linings, if there is a silver lining to COVID. Mm -hmm. It produced a whole bunch of people now using Zoom. Yep. I mean, great for the company, but you know, Zoom works very, very well. It's fairly easy. It works on a multiple number of different platforms. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I've embraced it. Um, yeah. I prefer doing things on Zoom in terms of like, getting together with other people. Like mm -hmm. I said, I do my pop-up so days. I do craft and chat um, on Wednesday mornings. Stephanie and I are doing a so with Stephanie and Steven kind of a thing. It's a drop-in. Anybody can come and, you know, just work and stay yeah. for as long as you want, you know, Fun. kind of a thing. Yeah. So, and I enjoy that because I am more productive. And I've heard other people say that when you're sewing with other people mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about lugging my equipment, you know, to another location, getting it all set up and then realizing, Oh God, I forgot this at home and I can't get that. What am I going to do now? You know, yeah. everything is um, kind of a thing. So I, yeah. I really love the zoom world uh, for yeah. this kind of, and um, Sean, the guy who sews, Mm -hmm. He has decided that he wants to start a online guild. Oh. Um, and so he's talking about that now through his Discord server and uh, not sure how this is going to work yet. Well, he's still working on it, getting suggestions from people. I've offered to give him a hand with it as well as yeah. other people have. Too. And so this is another, another thing, you know, rather than a guild where you go to an actual physical location, mm -hmm. it's right here in your, in the comfort of your own environment so yeah know, and you can still some people say well yeah but they like to be have personal contact with people why are you going to kiss them and hug them <laughs> you know reach out and touch them 
no, <laughs> don't touch me because I'm one of those kind of people, you know, no, 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 huggy, off. huggy, kissy, kissy. No. Yeah, hands off, stay in your little circle over there. Your yeah. bubble. I'm going to leave my bubble alone. Mm-hmm. But um, I find you can just be as personable and in, a, on a, in an environment like this as you can face to face with people. Yeah. Um, you don't even you have to wear buy. pants if you don't want to. <laughs> this is tr- I am today. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. You, you can quilt in your jammies if you wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the nice just thing. Where the, me, you might want to pick your lingerie though in a little bit, you know, more conservative yeah. for it. It's not that kind of thing. No, <laughs> right. Uh, still be dressed, please. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. So you have anything else you want to discuss? Um, I was going to just say like, so you were talking about to- like not having to tote your stuff and then realize you forgot something. I literally did that this weekend. So we, one of my besties, it's her birthday coming up and, and we all quilt and sew and, and we went to one of their houses and we bring all of our things and just have a sew day. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to get this little table runner done. Cause I'm, you know, I just had this little kit and wanted to get it put together. Well, of course I forgot the background fabric that has to go around like the little panels that are in it. And I had part of it so I could do some of it, but then I was like done sewing so quickly because I didn't have the one thing I needed. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So. I know. And I've, I've been that route too on some yeah. other tree. I've been on the same thing and, and, uh, and classes, even I enjoy taking classes online, although I don't take that many anymore. I did a lot when I first got into quilting on that. But the physical classes, I often find I feel like I'm cramped in Mm -hmm. unless there's not many places where you can take a class where you have lots and lots of space uh, kind of a thing. And I don't like feeling like, okay, I'm right in here and I'm trying to quilt a lot. And, and everything and then there's the whole question of do they have enough outlets i mean the quilt store i frequent here in my city um great store but it's small mm-hmm. and the teaching space is very small and they share it as part of their area for their fabric so you're in oh. there trying to learn something and there's shoppers coming in and they're squeezing between you and the fabric you oh, know trying yeah. to get, or they come and they hover oh i hate the hoverers they come and i know they're just you know, being nice and they want to see and everything like yeah. that. But, you know, I'm trying to listen to the instructor here. Please right. get off my back. And because usually I might be the only man in a class. And if some of the people who come in the store are not used to that or whatever, they immediately make a beeline for you because they want to see can you. Can you actually sew? You're like, you yes, know, I have a brain. <laughs> yeah. And, or then they, they start asking you a lot of questions, you go, uh, I'm in a class. I'm, I don't want to be rude to them. Like screw right. off. I'm in a class kind of a thing, but, oh, well, um, I'm trying to be polite to them, but give them the hint to go away. And yeah. sometimes they don't get the hint. So if I'm doing a zoom yeah. class, no problem. Yeah. No problem with any of that. Yeah. So, You're like, I'm not a novelty folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Or there's something else that happens with men. Okay, so I'm in, I'm looking at fabric in a store, and there may be a lady, and a lady will come up and she's got two bolts of fabric and something. She's, which one of these would you use? Which one do you think goes better? Okay, that's a double-edged sword. Because first of all, I have no trouble picking colors. Yeah. I can, like that. I mm-hmm. go, yep, that. 
I don't dwell on it. I go, yeah, that's going to work. Mm -hmm. But I know there are some people who will days, you know, I got to have the perfect color. It's got to mm -hmm. be this whole bit. And so I, my first intention is to say they got two, three, five, or so I go, I like that one. But then I'll say, but I'll hold back and say, well, what are you think? I try to figure out what might be their uh, aesthetic. But the thing is, they do it because voice of authority. And I think this is this comes from the whole sexism in our society, you know, mm -hmm. that women have been trained and it's not right by mm -hmm. males to listen to the male because what comes out of the male's mouth is the truth, is the gospel, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not. It is far from it but so i far. wish they had more confidence yeah i wish they'd have more confidence in themselves yeah because i don't want to make a mistake like if so they get that if i say i like that one and then they start putting their blocks together and you know i hate this well but but then they go well he told me to do this yeah and they will back at me if yeah. they see me you told me that i should use this one and i didn't like that you're like, it's not my quilt, lady. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, I just make a joke of it and go, oh, I forgot to tell you. I often lie. <laughs> I thought you understood that. And then I just laugh a little bit and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> like, run. They don't like, hit me over the head with a bolt of fabric or something. Yeah. But, kind of deal. but I, I find that, I think that's the one thing I find really annoying in the quilting world. Not the mm -hmm. way that women treat men. But way women treat themselves. Yeah. Confidence. You don't need anybody else to tell you. You go with your gut. Mm -hmm. You're picking a color. Everybody has their favorites and whatnot. Go with your gut. You know, yeah. you'll know. You'll know if it, this is going to work or not. Because there'll be something inside of you going, Meh, and then that means, nope, that's not working. But something else is going to go, oh, yeah. And go with that. Trust yourself. Yeah. Don't trust something for it. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm in, I, yep. Preach. Cause I think that is a downfall that, that we women get into is that, yeah, we're by society, we're conditioned yeah. to default to the man and it's, or not trust ourselves. Like just as women in general, we're, we're, we're conditioned that we're not smart enough to make decisions. We're weak. We're, you know, we're just confused or whatever. We're gaslit into to questioning our whole existence and it's like mm, no i'm done with no. that like and i mean i worked with a lot of women because mm -hmm. of being a school teacher a high school teacher and so there's more female teachers than there are male teachers usually in in an environment mm -hmm. and those ladies that i work with i admired them all they were brilliant they were intelligent, creative individuals. They were good teachers. And mm -hmm. I guess that's the environment that I come from. So when I hear women putting themselves down or making themselves, put themselves in a submissive role to a male or to anybody else for that matter, mm -hmm. I say, no, don't do that. Have yeah. the confidence in yourself. And I think that may be why when I first went to that guild too, I was seen as a foreign body mm -hmm. because- you know, oh, here comes a guy. And for some of those ladies, it was like, and he's going to tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, you don't have to do it. You know, right. but you know, I wasn't going to tell you what to do. I came there to learn. But, you know, I think that's just all part of this right. thing that we have in our world. And I hope our world is getting a little better, you know, with the generations coming up, you know, that things should be equal, mm -hmm. you know, like 
Yeah. Everybody has their talent kind of a thing. It doesn't matter about their sex, you know? Right. It's yeah. Individual that matters. For sure. But, you know? Yeah. But I guess because I come from an environment where I'm used to being sort of a minority in the world and uh, I know what it's like to be put down because of my life, my choices, my decisions, whatever. And mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I guess I sympathize maybe with people who might be going through something similar. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully it is getting better because I think you're right. It is about the talent. It's about the, the ideas and, and the knowledge. It's not about what the person looks like or what gender they have or whatever, like that does not matter. And at the end of the day, it's like, look at the pickle we keep finding ourselves in. Yeah. As, well, you know, why, why, why is it that girls in high school stop doing math at an early grade? They're very capable. They're very mm-hmm. smart. They can do it. But because math and engineering and things like that have always been seen more as the domain of males, mm-hmm. they, they can do it. But also sometimes uh, girls and ladies women can be their own worst enemy mm-hmm. i mean i say to the girls when i was teaching them they'd have a boyfriend and at lunch you would see that the boyfriend had her pressed up against the locker and he was like don't come near us or her because to the other males mm-hmm. uh just sending it five because she belongs she belongs to me and i would say to the girls um don't let a guy do that to you you're not his possession and if yeah. you're dating a guy that is doing that, drop him like a hot potato because mm. he's not going to make your life happy. You're not going to be happy with him for long. Of course, these girls, you know, at grade 10, they don't, but, you know, it's but all he likes me. He likes me. Or <laughs> not, maybe not in the way that you would hope he should like you. Yeah. Okay. So just think about that um, yeah. with it. Yeah. It was a constant battle. And you should go at the boys too. Mm-hmm. And I used to say to the boys, uh, no. Yeah are not your possession they're not Mm -hmm. something to be had they're like you know you've got a computer you've got um a bicycle and you've got a girlfriend um no 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 yeah that's what a relationship is made up of no and you know some of the boys get it some of the girls get it Mm -hmm. but a lot of them don't either and 10 years later (laughs) you know where they are what the situation is yeah so yeah yeah, it's so, that conditioning that comes from home. And I think the more conscious and aware we are of of what that does to our society, the easier it is to make, like, at least in my end, make parenting decisions. Like our boys are, you know, young adults and and we've worked really hard to be open and honest with them. And they're both so respectful of of just people in general. And we are just like, and I always say I'm like, home is their safe space. So they're going to be assholes at home, but not that my kids are because they're great, but, um, <laughs> but like, yeah but, you're <laughs> yeah, but when they go out into the world, what are they taking with them and what are, what are other people seeing? And so when we get these kind of confirmations that like, oh my gosh, your son, da da da, like all this great praise, I'm like, okay, we did it. Like they can take their best selves out into the world and maybe they make mistakes, but like they're, they know that, and they know that they still have a safe place to land if they do mess up. And like, 
ultimately for boys, I think that is the most important thing because they're so conditioned early on to be this macho. I don't need help. I don't need anybody. I need to be dominating. And it's making our men sick. It's over overall hurting our population. Like, and I think, you know, this is a great picture of that. And especially, you know, being a man in the teaching world, it's dominated by women, but I think because we're conditioned to view each other as competition, it gets real catty real fast, even in an Mm -hmm. educational setting or yeah, we second guess ourselves. And, and then I think it's easy for kind of male teachers or male admin to swoop in and, and keep perpetuating that, that savior complex that men tend to get because of conditioning that they've had. And so I think. And I I think if you bring this all back to quilting, Mm -hmm. I think for for women, if they get involved in quilting, if they find it a bit of a challenge, I think though it helps them uh, build self-esteem because they see something that's complicated, but they work at it and they have success with it. Um, You know, and they realize, wait, I can do this. And let's face it in in quilting, there's a lot of math too. Which, you know, the stereotype is that women can't do math. Well, yes, they can. And how do they can? Yeah, in the quilting. And I think also for men, I think more men should get involved in quilting or in the creative arts of whatever it is they Mm -hmm. pick, because it, it opens their eyes up to the fact that you can work in an environment that is um, supportive, Mm -hmm. uh, collaborative, Mm -hmm. and you don't need to be ashamed because you're doing something that's woman's, uh, you know, prerogative or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You know, fabric doesn't come with a label says female and male no. on it, anything like that. So I think if we encourage, especially younger people, uh, you know, quilting tends to be an old person thing. And I think we need to get more of younger people in just for the socialization aspects of working in a collaborative environment with other people, you Mm -hmm. know, stimulate their creative brains and also show them that there is no, there is no predominant sex that's working in here at all. It's, it's an equal kind of thing. Everybody can do it, you know? So I think there's a lot to be gained from quilting beyond making a quilt. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think speaking to that, like my self-confidence once, once I started quilting and trying harder things and even, you know, especially with the business, like I have to be really good at this. Like I have to pay attention to details and that like forcing myself to say yes to projects for clients and learn new skills has it's you know, put my confidence through the roof, not in like a cocky way, but just that I can now trust myself. Whereas I used to not trust any of my own decisions and, and, you know, teaching my husband about it, like he has such a strong appreciation for, for, you know, the art of quilting now that he never had before, because I live, eat, sleep and breathe it. But, you know, now that he has seen the start to finish of something like that, he's like, Oh, he's, I still has to make his quilt. Um, <laughs> we got as far as cutting the fabric, and that was it. <laughs> but, but it's just that like something that he never would have looked at. And even my boys, they're like, they know that if they get a quilt, that it's something special. And, and our youngest, I'm about to make his graduation quilt. And 
he's like so stoked about it because he knows like it's a super special gift and something that he's going to cherish and keep forever. And yeah, so it's like just that is enough to me. Because it's something from his mother, Mm -hmm. you know, and that in that anything you could give him would be special. But a quilt when he knows how much that means to to you and how much time and and thought went into it, it is going to be something that he's going to cherish for the rest of his life. Yeah. But, you know, you're talking about how your husband is understanding more about this, too, since you live, breathe and work with quilting all the time. Well, mine didn't do quilting when I got into it and I want to get him into it. And so yeah. he, was, he was always interested in sewing and things like that, but he didn't really do anything like that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, dabbled in a couple of costumes he made us for something years ago. And I think he made some curtains, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that once. Um, so he took a couple of classes, but the first quilt he ever made, and this drives me mental with him, <laughs> he's a very creative individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made a landscape quilt that was oh no, stained glass quilt. That's oh, what wow. it was. He took a class, but it was a very elaborate stained glass because it's kind of got a landscape in it as well. And he picked all the fabric pieces for it and everything that he had to do and took this class. And it turned out beautiful. The very <laughs> first quilt. I mean, most people start with, you know, simple blocks, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a sampler. He's doing this at this level. And he <laughs> says, yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like the, doing that. It's not for me. <laughs> Okay. He made a second one as well. Another one, very complicated one, uh, uh, too. And he did that. Yeah. And he goes, no, not for me. But he was interested in making garments. So he starts trying to learn. He took a couple of classes on how to do men's shirts and things. And he took some stuff online and whatnot. Now he makes my entire wardrobe. Because this isn't one of his. But oh, I was uh, going to ask. <laughs> beautiful shirts. You know, and he makes them using quilting cotton. And wow. I love, I love bright and bold mm-hmm. colors. And, that, and there's so much to pick from in quilting cotton for that, yeah. as opposed to the conventional shirt fabrics and stuff like that. But he's done those. He's done jackets. He's done pants. He's done shorts. This is what he sews now wow. all the time. So, yeah, but has no desire for quilting. And That's so um, funny. I thought he was going to use, he was really interested in the long arm. Like, like I said, it was sort yeah. of his idea that pushed me over to getting it the whole bit. And he's done nothing on the machine at <laughs> all. Like, <laughs> I'll show you how to use the computer on it and get it set up. And I mean, one of those quilts he's get, has never been finished. It, I mean, it's pieced, but mm-hmm. it's never sandwiched. It's never been quilted or anything like that. And I said, maybe that would be a good one for you to to do this on you know it's not a quilt that he made well i'll show you how to do it yeah maybe and i says well just give me the damn thing and i'll finish it then (laughs) but yeah right but yeah that that's just the way he is and maybe that's not a bad thing two quilters in one household not sure how that would work yeah good not be so good I mean, we're both very strong personalities and our personalities are different. So, you know, he especially does not take to criticism well, Mm. (laughs) let's just say. Um, But he's really good at giving it out. I mean, every quilt I make, he'll look at it for 30 seconds. What happened here? 
<gasps> that was such a minor little thing. I didn't bother to fix it because I saw it after the fact. I didn't think anybody would find it. He will find it. He started a controversy online on our YouTube channel. We do something every week called So Chatty on mm -hmm. Fridays where the two of us are together and we're talking about things that are related to sewing and quilting and all this kind of stuff. I was showing this quilt that I applicate on. I made a mistake. It It's in one little section, but it's not that noticeable. He looked at it while we're recording the <sighs> video and he goes, that's wrong. <sighs> and I went, no one will notice. He says, I can see it. And he says, so you better fix it. You need to take, rip that out. And I didn't want to rip it out because it was several rows I'd have to rip out. I had turned a couple of the blocks upside down. Mm. And part of the design was, you know, like you needed to have it the right way to get the, the way the lines and everything worked. But it wasn't that obvious. Mm. And I was just done with this quilt. You know how you get. Mm -hmm. uh, this was an eight month project kind of a thing, block of the month. Yeah. And so I wasn't, I said, well, it's too bad. It's going to stay there. Well, no, you got to take it out. He says, you're not hanging that up. He says, until that's taken out. That's what he's going on about. And so meanwhile, people heard this on the video. They're all involved in the conversation now. Some are saying, yeah, well, it's your quill. If it doesn't bother you, don't tear it out. I'm just going, no, you need to. You spent too much time on that. You need to fix it. I fixed it. Oh I did. <laughs> I'm glad I did now. But this yeah. is every quilt I do. I say to him, okay, there's no mistakes in this. Yeah. You're not going to find any. What happened there? Oh, damn, like, damn you. Yeah. I like, just don't say Yeah. <laughs> customization. I meant to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's perfect. So, yeah. oh, so that's I, so I would think that I do make one joke. One day he had a trouble with one of the shirts he was making, a long sleeve shirt. He had sewed one of the sleeves to the collar. And I'm trying to put it on, right? Trying it for fitting. And I, wait, uh, yeah, this is really nice. If I want my arm to be always up here on it. And he goes, oh, crap. He says, I knew there was something wrong when I was doing it. So every chance I get, mm -hmm. I bring it up. Oh, yeah. And you sew sleeves to collars. Yeah, who's the idiot? Eh. <laughs> he doesn't like that one. I do. <laughs> and then he'll find some. My next quilt comes up and he'll find more mistakes. That just becomes a... So I don't know, maybe it's just as well. He sews garments and I do quilts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just stay in your own lanes and let each other yeah. do what you're going to do. And <laughs> yeah, we don't even have sew in the same room. No. He sews upstairs. I sew downstairs with yeah. that. People think that's funny. I said, well, why don't you? Because my sewing room is a good size on mm -hmm. it. You could put two people in it uh, without too much of a problem. And I offered when we were redesigning this room, I said, you know, well, you can put your quilting stuff here because the room he's in is an extra bedroom and it's tiny. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, nope, because we'd kill each other. Mm. I went, mm, yeah, probably the right idea. Yep. And he says, besides, he says, I like being in my little space up there and that's fine. It works for me. So, okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, especially couples, like having, having your own kind of designated space to do your thing so that you can feel like, okay, I have all my stuff. Nobody's going to touch it or move it. Like yeah, you can you get into a space. flow. Yeah. You need your own space. Yeah. I think it keeps your relationship healthy. You yes. can't sit on top of each other 24 seven because nope. someone will die. <laughs> it's true. I know. And that's like, 
I'm like, oh, I just, I want to spend so much time with my husband. But yeah, if we're around each other for too long, we just start nitpicking and fight. Like we don't fight. That's. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. We'll just suddenly, you know, well, you, uh, the expression I live by is pick the mountain you want to die on. Yeah. Kind of a thing. In yep. other words, certain things are not worth, you know, they may get in your claw for a moment. Just let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. 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 It's, you know. It's like, I want this person to be my best friend forever. So we need to find ways to like, make sure that that stays the case. So yep. <laughs> no, for, it's for us. It's been 40 years. So yeah, there's oh. <laughs> yeah. not that much bloodshed. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, I love, but I love that you guys can do something similar and appreciate each other's work, but you can have your own space to do it and give each other that creative space too. So yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today oh, i've had I a blast chatting it. with you on this side of the mic this time yeah, yeah true yeah I, I i enjoyed this very much so thank oh, you so good. much for asking me to do this i really i uh, loved it yeah and so your your youtube channel is the idiot quilter actually it's called bland designs and the idiot quilter okay bland designs is the days when i used to craft and then i went into the idiot quilter but either one will find me but okay. principally it's the idiot quilter yeah okay and then we'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can come find you if they don't already know about you and then um we'll just have to look out for your next retreat so we can all sign yep. up yeah well i'm I excited some warning about them way before in advance so yeah it'll be on my youtube channel when okay. it's going to be great well thank you thank you amanda this was really nice yeah okay don't go anywhere okay okay Oh, wait, I don't want to do that whole thing.